Welcome everyone to episode three of Count's Coffin Talk. I'm your host, Count Draven. As you tune into each podcast, you are hearing fantastic interviews, music, and discussion that you may not hear anywhere else. I thank you all for spending time with my guests and I today. So without further ado, let's get started with today's podcast. Um, so on today's podcast, we're going a, in a little bit of a different route. Um, we're not going to be playing our game that we played in the, in the uh, previous podcast. We're leaving that one out. Um, this is going to be our witchy roundtable that we are doing. The plan is, is that every so often or, or, you know, once a month or something like that, we're all going to get together and talk about some of the witchy topics that uh, may be concerning us or something that we feel uh, needs to be discussed or, you know, whatever the approach is to that. So I'm going to welcome my guests who are with me today, a couple of my uh, soul sisters, shall we say. Um, first of all, we have with us Wordy Ghost, uh, and who also goes by the handle of at Iggy Stark on Twitter. Welcome to the show today, Wordy. Thanks for having me. And my other soul sister, who goes by the handle of Wolf Witch Grave on Twitter. Welcome, Wolfie. Thank you. Happy to be here. All right. So we have all been talking, uh, you know, texting each other and stuff, and, uh, uh, you know, a little bit of messaging back and forth of some of the things that we've been noticing um that are out on the online that are coming out on the online world a little bit and some of the things that uh maybe we felt needed to be addressed a little bit in the conversation um so one of the things that uh you know that we started uh discussing with each other is uh some of the terminology that we've been seeing online um and for me, it's been a bit of a pet peeve uh, because as somebody who identifies as a practicing male witch, um, there seems to be some other opinions out there where the word Mitch or Mitch, sorry, but first day with my new lips, uh, where the word witch should not be applied to a male. Um, so that's something that's kind of been sitting, it's been kind of sitting under my skin and it's been kind of bugging me a little bit. So that was one of the things that we wanted to discuss. And the other one that, uh, we were talking about was the gatekeepers that seem to be out on social media. Um, which I think, you know, when we talk about all this stuff and identifying, this is going to just organically transpose into into a good conversation anyway i don't think we have to worry about uh having anything scripted in front of us so i'm gonna ask both of you first because you guys know how i feel about all of this i mean we've been talking about all of this stuff so let me ask both of you what your feelings are towards some of some of the stuff that you're seeing um wordy i'll put the question over to you first because it's you have a maybe a little bit more of a unique perspective because of your background as a writer and the kind of education you have and the kind of training that you have in 
in the world of writing? Um, well, first I want to say that, uh, for people that don't really know me, you know, I've, I've been practicing for, um, oh my gosh, well over 20 years. Um, I came into witchcraft and paganism in general in my early twenties. I joined a coven up here. Well, I don't want to say I joined a coven cause that's not entirely accurate i found a couple of witches that helped taught me um helped teach me different things and um we formed a coven a circle that we kept up for years and um it you know long story short you know we can talk about this later but long story short it kind of got toxic and it dissolved but that's my my witchy background. As far as my writing background, you know, words are very, very important to me. I think you know that for sure, because we've talked about that since, you know, we first started talking way back, a while back. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I do have an MFA, a Master of Fine Arts in English and Creative Writing and a writing instructor. So words are extremely important, you know, to be... In, as far as context and, um, you know, how you use them, not just what they mean. And, you know, I know this, this conversation came up because of a few weeks ago, I posted something about um, um, even boys can be witches. I think that was the meme. It was something about boys can be witches too. And there was some you know, people coming up saying that, you know, males can't be witches. And then you have had your own fair share on your Twitter timeline, too, of people saying the same thing. And my perspective is this, you know, as a society, we have this collective idea of what a witch looks like, right? Just like we have a collective idea of what Santa Claus looks like, just like we have a collective idea of what even jesus christ looks like and those things are not necessarily correct especially in the in the sense of witch. you know what is a witch it's a person who practices witchcraft that's it that's it that's all um i think the biggest thing with the people saying oh it's a warlock well you know if you want to call yourself that i'm not going to say that you can't call yourself that you know, if that's if that's the word you want to use to refer to yourself, that's fine. To me, that's no different than trans people choosing their own pronouns. I really don't care what you want to call yourself. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you look at, again, the linguistics of it, warlock really means oathbreaker, liar, and traitor. Yeah. So, I mean, if you want to call yourself that, have at it, Hawk. It's not for me to tell you that you can't use that word. But to sell to tell someone else that they can't use the word witch in relation to themselves when they are, especially if they're cis heterosexual male, that's that's wrong. And you're wrong. Because they can call, you know, you can call yourself whatever you want to. What and my biggest pet peeve with it is why is it any skin off of your back what somebody wants to call themselves? If I want to call myself Joe, what difference does it make? If well, exactly. People change, people change their names all the time in life. Like, 
pardon? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right. <laughs> and you get confused because like, wait a minute. Do I, didn't, weren't you call? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Well, now I have to get used to a whole new name. And it's not a big deal for me, but it's just like, you know, it's like, oh, shit. Now I got to come up with a whole new name. And I have a friend that she's constantly changing her name. And it dry and it's like, you know what? I'm not I'm not even gonna call you any of these names. I'm gonna call you Bobo because I cannot figure out what the hell you are from <laughs> one minute to the next. But you know, as far as semantics go, that's what it comes down to. What in the grand scheme of things, you don't have to agree with my assessment of the word witch, and you don't have to agree that men can call themselves witches. But it's no skin off your back if somebody chooses to call themselves a witch whether they have a penis or not. It's none of your it's really none of your business what they choose to call themselves. So, that's my two cents as far as that goes. How about you, Wolfie? I agree. I think what you want to call yourself is fine. If you want to refer to yourself as a warlock, go right ahead. Um, I have a definition that is very similar to what Wordy was talking about. I do not particularly on a personal level like the word warlock. I do see that as a derogatory term. So I would not call someone a warlock, but if you want to call yourself that, that's fine. Where right. I had the, the biggest issue is not being respectful when you disagree with someone. That's where I get upset, especially kind of around that post that Wordy was talking about that you know, well, you're wrong. A male can't be a witch. That's, you can express your opinion and say, I don't agree with this, but there's a way to be respectful. And I think on social media, that, that has gone away. And there's a lot of, this is the only way. There's two ways you can go on this job, my way or the highway. And, in, and to me, if, if I wanted to practice something where I'm being told this is the only way and it's full of dogma, I would be in mainstream religion. I wouldn't be in witchcraft. So mm. I think we have, we have a different perspective on that. And I welcome someone to disagree with me on that, but let's do it respectfully, not in the way that it's done, especially on that post, not the way that it was done on that post. And I will also add that the male witches that are in my life all refer to themselves as witch, period. Right. They don't even really use the defining term of, of male witch. Although I think the Count may have invented a new word for male witch being called a mitch. Um, <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> I'm just uh, kidding. What? I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, but Did yeah, you say they, mitch or bitch? Mitch. <laughs> Because I've been called that too at times. <laughs> <laughs> so am I. Um, no, I said Mitch because you said it earlier. But uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I just I think that the the people in my life who practice witchcraft call themselves witches. Um, it's just it's the animosity that comes out that that's what really ticks me off. Um, right. I was just going to say, it's it's a lack of respect for having a discussion. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, and that was the thing about that whole post that really got, that kind of got me a little bit cranked up because when I responded to it, 
And then I was told, no, you need to call yourself a warlock. Wait, just a minute here. Back up the Spadina bus, motherfucker. <laughs> because, one, I don't have to do anything you tell me I need to do. Mm-hmm. Two, who the fuck do you think you are? And three, I won't go on a conversation you're in or on somebody else's post and say, well, this is what you need to do. I don't do that. I don't pull that shit because I have respect for other people. I may not necessarily agree with their point of view, which is fine. As human beings, we have that right not to agree with each other's point of view. But what the hell happened to keeping it respectful, even if you disagreed with somebody? You know, and after we had that conversation, uh, those conversations uh, about everything after that post, you know, I, I kept sitting, I was sitting here and I was thinking about all of it. And I started thinking back to when I was a kid. And I always used to be around my dad um, because I was the only kid at home by that point. Um, we were on a family farm and did, did, did you, uh, do you honestly think I'm going to be sitting with my mother planting potatoes in the garden? No, fuck man. I'm going to be with my dad because he got to play with the big toys in the yard. But the point was, or the point is that everywhere I went with my dad and my dad was very well known in the community. He was very involved in the community and he didn't agree with everybody that, uh, he knew He didn't, you know, maybe he didn't even necessarily like some people he knew, but he never treated anybody with disrespect, no matter what they talked about, no matter what their position position was. He would have a conversation with somebody, and granted, he would talk about his feelings on a subject or how he viewed something, but he never shot the other person down and said, well, no, my way is right and your way is wrong. Like, what, you know, and that's the part that really pissed me off with that post and it really got under my skin. It's it's like you've got internet cops, internet armchair fucking cops everywhere. Yeah. Watching mm-hmm. everything you say and everything you post because not that they want to contribute anything to growing your, your um, you know, your repertoire of knowledge, all they want to do is shit on whatever you're putting out there and come across looking like, you know, they're a hero and you're an asshole. Well, sorry, bud, but that's not what you're doing. You're actually making yourself look like a huge fucking douchebag. Yeah. Well, it's all tone, right? It's like, it's it's the difference between, you know, no, you have to call yourself a warlock and saying, I always thought that, male witches would be called warlocks why is it not that way now because then that opens up a discussion that opens up a why do you not want to do that why is this one not accepted anymore or why do some people accept it and some people don't you know that opens up a discussion about things but when you're straight up saying you can't do that well then you're just being a dick that's it. And and usually what happens when you tell somebody, oh, you're not supposed to do that. What does that person on the other end do? They do, they it. do it. Exactly. <laughs> they do it anyway because they look at the person that told them not to do it and go, fuck you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, honest, honestly. <laughs> so, 
you know, that starts getting us into this whole thing uh, and, and you know, about gatekeepers. I have a... <laughs> and I know this may get some people riled up towards me. I might piss some people off with this. But, man, I'll tell you what. When it comes to the gatekeepers and the purists and all of that horse shit... <sighs> I've had my fill and then some of it already. And it's constant all the time, everywhere you look. Somebody's trying to point something out to somebody and tell them that, no, this is how you aren't supposed, or this is how you're not supposed to think of this this way, or you're not supposed to look at this this way. And get a fucking life and leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. Exactly. That's exactly the first thing I think when I see that. Mm -hmm. Get a life. Leave me alone. Don't you have anything better to do? Yeah. I get upset with the, you can only work with this pantheon or that pantheon. You can't change or you, you have to follow your genetic heritage or whatever. Mm -hmm. There's, hey, there's a place for that. But I will share on a personal level, the very first that I worked with was Isis. She chose me. I mm -hmm. did not right. seek her out. She chose me through signs, and I answered that. So there are other, other energies and deities that I work with that people might say, well, you, you can't work with Isis and Sekhmet. And... I also, this may shock some people, I identify as a witch. I work with Archangel Michael. You mm -hmm. know what? He came to me as well. So I answered the call. I, and, and that's where I get infuriated with, you need to stick with one particular set right. of deities that you work with. If, you, I, if, if you believe that and that works for you, great. But don't tell me that I can't work with Egyptian deities because I don't have Egyptian heritage. I didn't have it. I was given the opportunity to work with ISIS. I almost said I didn't get a choice. I had to work with her because that's really kind of what it felt like. She made <laughs> well, it when they call made, you. <laughs> yeah, she made it real clear like, yes, uh, honey, you're mine. So that's who I worked with. And I still continue to get calls from various deities and I'm going to work with them. No one has the right to tell me who I can and cannot work with. I firmly believe they choose us. I think if there's right. someone you, you want to work with, you can seek them out, but I think it's right. more they choose us. Absolutely. Well, if, I, if I can say, you know, I think people, I said this before, I don't remember who I said it to. I don't know if I said it to one of you or someone else, but um, people have this idea and this is, uh, you know, I will say this is my personal belief and people are free to, to believe differently. But people have this idea that these deities, these energies, these greater spirits, whatever you choose to call them, are very human-like. And we like to anthropomorphize, if I can't even say the word, um, make them more like us, right? That Yeah. And... <laughs> You know, so, oh, well, you can't work with these deities because you're not from that lineage. And you know what? There are fucking gods. They can do whatever the hell they want to do. Are you really going to tell them 
that are you are you do you have the balls to walk up to Isis and say you can't work with Wolfie because she's not Egyptian? I would love to see you do that. Because I, if they don't my my <laughs> my experience is Hold on, that, wait, wait just a second. Wait, wait, wait. Hang on. No, no, uh -huh. no, no. I'm just, I'm, you know, mocking what you were saying. Hang on. Wait, wait. wait. Exactly. I, right. I got to pull I up mean... something on my phone. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> you know, my experience is, you know, if they don't want to work with you, they won't work with you. You exactly. can call them all day long. Mm -hmm. And if they are, if they have no interest in you, they're not going to do it. So well, to say that you can't do something, even when somebody, even when this deity has come to you, is, is, it's laughable, really. I mean, you know, Freya, you know, she called me last year and it was like what you said, Wolfie. It was like, she was not going to take no for an answer. And it, it was thought I was going crazy because... I kept saying, why me, you know, and, you know, it, it came out that it's like, you know what, you don't get to choose that. She gets to choose. Mm -hmm. So I devoted myself. Now it wasn't until later that I realized I do have, you know, the, that some people feel super precious Scandinavian genetics, you know, in me. But to me, it's like, that wasn't even considered because I'm like, why, why her? Why would she come to me? And it wasn't until after I devoted myself to her and accepted working with her that, you know, she she revealed that, you know, sometimes we just choose people because we think they can do certain things that other people can't do. And everybody is different. You know, how she works with me may be different than how she works with somebody else. It really, it, you know, your spirituality and how you work with the greater spirits is very exceptionally personal. I mean, I think all three of us can agree with that. You know, we have our own little coven that we have made, you know, even with Cassie, though she's not here. Um, but all of our, all of our um, practices and our relationships with our particular deities and the energies we work with is exceptionally personal, you know, absolutely. And we, we it's not that we don't call on other energies. You know, I have worked with Lilith has come to me once and Kali has come to me once as well. But that doesn't mean that, you know, it's very personal to me how they came to me. Right. So, and it's the same for everybody else. And to say that, well, someone can't work with somebody because of this. Well, how do you know that? You know, like I, like I said a minute ago, how, how do you must have some brass balls to go up and tell Isis or Freya <laughs> or Odin or any number, you know, Lilith or Kali or whoever, who, whoever you can think of to tell them, no, you can't work with them because they don't have the right genetics. I would well, love to see you do that. I would really <laughs> love to see you do that. And I, let me know when you do it so I can grab some popcorn and watch. Well, and that was the, you know, and that's the thing with, with my journey. I mean, I only started becoming a, let's you know, a practitioner a year ago. And I didn't seek any deity out. I mean, Sekhmet was the one that came to me and that's where it all started. 
and Sekhmet was with me for a long time and I didn't see it, right. you know? Um, mm -hmm. But And they the do that. Absolutely. I mean, let, me, let me finish. Let me let me finish this thought before I forget it. They they actually do that. You know, I did not have a specific deity for a really long time. I worked with the earth spirits, you know, the land spirits wherever I was living. So, you know, when whenever I post about my flower garden, it's usually I do that because the flowers make me happy, but also for the spirits around me, you know, the fairies yeah. and the earth spirits. But um, you know, when I started this this journey with Freya, I was talking to my husband who had been a longtime atheist. You know, he was raised in a Catholic family, but he was never a Catholic. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and we started talking and everything. And then one day he said, you know what? I think Tear is talking to me. And then we had this conversation and we were going through and, you know, from the things that he told me from from the beginning of his life until now, Tear has always been with him. He just didn't know it. My husband is a swordsman. He has practiced, um, he has uh, learned Japanese sword fighting from the time he was very small. He had a personal yeah. teacher. It wasn't something that he went to a big classroom to do. Someone took him under his wing and chose him to teach him. So he knows Japanese martial arts. Um, but also he is now, he's been doing uh, historical European martial arts, HEMA, for a few years now. So he's doing been doing steel longsword fighting. And he says, I think Tyr has always been with me now that I think about it because of this, 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 and this. Right. And so he has also started this, you know, knowing relationship with Tyr. And which is actually significant considering he has been atheist for the majority of his adult life. Right. And he never knew that this person, this energy, this deity was around him until it like all of a sudden hit him like a ton of bricks one day when I was telling him about how Freya had called me. Right. So I, I just wanted to get that out there before I forgot about it. And then now you can continue. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. <laughs> You're done interrupting me now. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. I'm sorry. <laughs> but you know, um, you're around you and you don't know it until you know it. What no, was that, my point? That's right. And, you know, with my journey, I mean, Sekhmet was the one that chose me. I didn't choose Sekhmet. And again, I have, as far as I'm aware, I have not one ounce of Egyptian in me anywhere because both my parents were are Ukrainian. Um, and yet, even though Sekhmet chose me, I also had other deities that came to work with me. Um, Freya had come to work with me. Loki had come to work with me. Um, Isis has come to work with me. Lilith has come to work with me. Astaroth has come to work with me. And now Anubis has come to work with me. I didn't seek any of them. They came to me and said, here we are. Are you willing to work with us? And, and sometimes that's they, they only do. show up for a while, too. Like, they only show up for a specific thing. I'm sorry, Whoopi. Um, but that's what they do, right? Like, Lilith only showed up for a short time. I was going through some stuff, and she showed up. And Kali was the same thing. I was going through a thing, and I was struggling with a thing. And she was the one that showed up and said, you know what? I can help you with this. 
and she did and then she left and she has not been back exactly so and it goes to that uh and goes to that what you were talking about when you know at the beginning of this this whole part of the conversation you don't have to be egyptian you don't have to be norwegian you don't have to be um from east asia you don't have to be from a specific region or country or area to work with or practice in the in the beliefs from those areas that's like it, it's like somebody it it goes back to what we talked about before what i've talked about before with music with people that's like me walking up to you and saying well because you listen to poison you're not a metalhead and that's garbage music and you should be listening to this because this is the only thing that makes that classifies you as a metalhead right. you know what you can turn around and take a hard long kiss on my hairy ass right <laughs> honestly because well, or like people saying that you can't you can't be white and listen to hip hop or you can't be black and listen to heavy metal right, right. you know and both of those I've heard of both of those things and that makes me sad because how many things are you missing out on because you're you like putting those labels on things that only certain people are allowed to enjoy it now yeah. I want to say here you can't you can't be African American or and listen to heavy metal um right. hello um right. excuse <laughs> me wanna... has any has anyone ever heard of iced tea and body count but i want to i want to uh, say here we're not talking about cultural appropriation here you know we're not talking no, about exactly. white people right. wearing you know indian headdresses that are only meant for specific ritual you know we're not talking about those kinds of things and you do have to be respectful of whatever path you have taken you know, you don't, you know, while there is room to make up as you go, you still need to be respectful. You know, if you're following Hindu deities that usually deal with certain certain ways of doing things, you don't want to do something the way a Egyptian or even a Norse deity would do it because they're very different things. You do yeah. need to be respectful and research what you're doing at least to have a basis of what you're doing. And we're not talking, again, we're not talking about cultural appropriation. Right. Um, but if, again, if Isis comes to you and wants you to work with her, then work with her. That is not up for anybody else's debate, but you and her. That's between you and her, and that's it. Exactly. exactly. And she's, she's been with me, I will tell you my, my ISIS initiation story. Um, this is way back when I was getting bullied. And I know Count has talked about that. Um, Wardy's talked about that. We're all mental health advocates. And I was getting pretty severely bullied. And I went into, uh, back then, what they called the metaphysical shop. And the only necklace I could look at was Isis and there was this energy around me and I I knew and I was relatively young I was still in school I knew that I had to have that necklace and I bought that and I did not know how to work with her at all 
she taught me a lot, but Isis realized, I see, this is how I think they pick us. She knew I needed to find my own strength. And mm-hmm. that's what she gave me because I think there's some misconceptions about ISIS and Wordy. I had, when you said, if someone wants to go to ISIS and say that Wolfie can't work with her, I had this mental image of <laughs> ISIS just kicking the shit out of somebody. But I know she, <laughs> she would. And she would, yeah, because she, um, she is not all light and love and flowers and unicorns, which I think many people sometimes associate her with. Right. Um, but that's that's how she found me, and her call was so strong. Um, and And you... You have to be open to hear it. And sometimes it takes a long time. Um, right. I'm getting a call now from a new deity, as as Wardy knows. And so I'm going through that whole experience before or again. Um, I wasn't ready. I believe I probably wasn't ready to work with Hecate or Hecate. I've heard pronounced both ways. Um, but she has definitely approached me with some very strong signs um i know some fellow witches who work with her have asked advice i'm doing research on her she's slowly guiding me and when i was younger i thought well that's who you're supposed to work with and she never answered me Mm -hmm. i probably wasn't ready right well i think freya was the same way for me you know you guys last year was a very terrible year for me Count knows probably more than anybody. Um, there mm-hmm. was a lot of things that were going on with me last year, and she had actually started calling me in 2020 when I was in the middle of the last part of my graduate studies. And it was like you, it was it it the energy was insane to where I actually called my therapist because I thought I was going crazy. And it was just intense. And then last year, at the beginning of the year, around, well, I published, when I published my first poetry book, The Witch and the Wolf, in April, I was in the process of writing all the poems. And um, most people know Freya as, you know, love and sex and, you know, all those kinds of things from uh, Norse mythology. And she is definitely those things because that's the energy she put into me. And her energy is is wound through every single poem in that book. And if you... if Because I haven't been able to write a poem like that since, which is really strange. But at the time, I was also... It was so strange because I would constantly see signs of her everywhere it would be her it would be her runes fehu it would be um you know if you follow a lot of um astrotrue heathens on twitter they're constantly every day it's like every day is associated with one of the deities and every Mm -hmm. day there's always hail that particular deity and friday is um freya's day which is why I almost always say that on, you know, Freya's blessings on Friday. Mm-hmm. But 
I was constantly seeing images of her, even when it wasn't Friday. And it was a constant barrage. And I realized that I had bought her room years and decades ago. And I started wearing that again. And, but like you said, Wolfie, I I don't think before I, she was always with me, but I don't think I was ready for her until last year. And the things, it, it was almost like everything kind of coalesced. And I went through a, I've told you guys this before, I felt like I was uh, being burned to ash. And then I was reborn. The whole situation, I felt like I was lost and scared and literally being burned to ash. And then when I came out the other side, she was there waiting for me. Now, who am I to tell her, you know what? No, I'm, I'm not going to. I'm not going to do that. You know, <laughs> I'm going to go with exactly. somebody else. And that's how it is for a lot of us, I think. And I think once you realize who it is that's calling you, it's they're very, very patient with you. Because once I devoted myself to her and all that stuff, all of those signs, all of those feelings, all of that energy, I don't want to say went away, but I stopped seeing them as much. It was almost like someone's flicked on a, flicked off a light switch. It's like, okay, so now you notice me. I don't have to be so in your face anymore. But I'm Great. curious because, you know, I've said my piece and Wolfie said her piece. Now it's Count's turn to tell us his piece. <laughs> All right. Well, let's put a pin in that for now. Mm -hmm. I think uh, we'll take a break, a uh, quick break here and give people a chance to um, go top up their drink or go have a puff or whatever they want to do or whatever their enjoyment is. Um, we're going to throw on some tunes right now. So, Ghosty, give me a witchy tune that you want me to throw on for this break. Black Magic Woman. Black Magic Woman. All right. So, coming at you. We'll see you in a few. Black Magic Woman. She's a black magic woman 
All right, welcome back from our first break. That was Black Magic Woman by Santana that you were listening to. Um, so we're going to continue on with our roundtable discussion here. And uh, we'll just go back to Wordy again. And uh, I think Wordy had a question that she was asking me before we stopped for break. Yeah, it was, um, you know, I had talked about my 
generalized journey and how I was called to Freya. And Wolfie talked about her journey and how she was called to Isis. So now it's your turn. All right. Well, my journey. Um, my journey with Sekhmet started, like I said, a year ago when I, when I first started practicing, um, how I came to know that Sekhmet was with me for a long time. And this is actually, it started, it, it all started with a conversation with, uh, with Wolfie about this. I, and I think it was a conversation between the three of us actually. Um, and Wolfie had, you know, uh, had done a little ritual with Sekhmet and came back and, you know, had written down everything that, that Sekhmet was telling her uh, about me and how that Sekhmet had been with me for a long time and that she'd been watching over me and helping to protect me along the way. And, you know, that certain aspects of my personality that I was questioning, I didn't have to question. And, you know, um, the biggest thing that stuck out to me through that whole that whole thing that that was written down was um the one line that said you do not bow before anyone and i was like whoa that that one was the that line really stuck out to me um but you know after all of that was presented to me and then you know um i think i had i had you do a a card reading for me wordy and then you know things started to click i started you know, really meditating on it and thinking about everything that was said to me out of that, me you know, what was given to me out of that message. And, you know, it was part of that journey that I've talked about before in the first podcast that, that we were all together on, you know, there were dots that started, that showed up there and I started connecting those, connecting the dots. Right. Right. And my background was a lot like Wolfie's, um, you know, and I've talked about that before. I was the small, short, little, weak, wimpy kid in school. Um, I was a geeky, nerdy kid. I didn't, you know, fit in with the kids that were popular, and I didn't fit in with the cool kids or any of that stuff. And, you know, I was always picked on and bullied and pushed around. And, you know, that lasted, that it was that way with me till I hit grade eight. Grade eight was a little bit different. Something happened to me in grade eight and I kind of fucking snapped. And then it was just one day I was getting picked on. I was like, you want to go? Let's go. Right. And I stood up for myself then and then things kind of changed after that. But you have to remember that also during that time, I wasn't, I wasn't, uh, you know, following my own path at that point. I mean, my family is Ukrainian Orthodox. I was baptized Ukrainian Orthodox. I went to church. Um, I got involved in the church after. I was in choir and all of that stuff. So, I mean, I was following a Christian path when I was a kid and, you know, growing up into my teens and, and you know, and then past my teen years into my 20s. Um so I wasn't really paying attention. Well, I mean, it wasn't really. I wasn't paying attention to any of those signs that Sekhmet was putting out before me. And 
part of that journey of connecting the dots was realizing that there were obvious signs there and I had just totally either attributed those signs to something else or I blew them off. And the thing that really stuck out to me was there have been situations where I honestly, I consider myself pretty lucky and I think maybe, and I'm hoping some other people think it's pretty lucky that I'm still sitting here breathing and walking and talking today because there have been at least four situations or five situations in my life that I've been involved in where I probably shouldn't be walking and talking today. I should be planted six feet down. You know, and the one that really sticks out to me the most is I was, uh, you know, in my early 20s. Uh, the girl that I was engaged to at the time, we were at a Christmas party. This was in December. It was colder than a bitch that night. It was like minus 45 degrees Celsius with no wind chill. Thank God. Roads were terrible. We were driving home from this Christmas or driving back to her place from this Christmas party. I wasn't driving fast. We were going through a valley. I lost control on an icy curve and over the edge, we went into the ditch and it was a oh steep ditch. Nothing happened to us. We were fine. I mean, the car, we couldn't get out because it was fucking buried in four feet of snow, but we made the decision to walk to find a place to call somebody for help, at least to come and get us. We walked two and a half miles in dark. This is at about probably 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning. And like I said, it's minus 45 degrees Celsius outside. Thank God there was no wind chill. Walking for two and a half miles, and we came up to a farmyard, and I knew the, I knew the the fellow that owned the farm. I knew him very well. He was friends with my family for years and years. And the one thing that I swore was that there was a yard light on in that yard that night. Both of us by this point had frostbite. I had frostbite on my feet a little bit and on my ears. Um my ex-wife later i i mean we ended up getting married later on but and then that didn't that didn't last but anyway she ended up with bad frostbite on her ankles and uh but the thing is that yard had no yard light there was no yard light in that yard and i still swear to this day I saw a yard light. That was put so, there for you. It, exactly. You know, I've gone through a bad vehicle accident where I shouldn't have walked out of it. And I walked out of it with a few little scrapes and bruises. And I mean, my vehicle was totaled. Um, I've been in two snowmobile accidents where I probably, one for sure, I shouldn't have walked away from. The, where I hit... And when I got flipped off my machine, two feet over to the left of me was a big stump sticking out of the top of this pile that if I would have landed on that, it would have went right it would have went right through the middle of my back and would have severed my spine. Oof. You know, um I've had close calls. And you know, I'd always walk around and after and kind of joke around and go, well, I'm just like a cat. I got nine lives. Oh, yeah, bullshit. I don't have nine lives. I've been lucky because someone's been watching over me. Right. 
you know, so it was connecting all of that stuff. And when I really started connecting all those dots and I started thinking back on everything, it was like, holy shit. Yes. Zekmet has been with me for a long time. She's been with me since I was a kid, you know, and the thing is, I wasn't at a point anywhere during that time of my life where I was ready to see what was actually going on. I had to go down a specific path and take a specific journey in order to start opening my mind up to other things. Right. If that makes any sense. Makes perfect You know, and since then... You know, since coming to that realization that Sekhmet's always been with me and that she did choose me, then, you know, uh, I started seeing even my relationship with Sekhmet change. Um, And if there's instances where maybe I'm struggling a little bit with something in my mind or or something is coming up and there's bad energy coming coming or or is just something's not you know something's not copacetic something's not right she is the one who suggests to me to work with another deity or to work with someone else so you know that and that really was what started opening up my journey more towards getting involved in practicing witchcraft and, you know, and and all of that stuff. Because the biggest thing for me was realizing that I wasn't on this journey by myself and there was someone watching over me and helping me along. Right. It -hmm. makes a difference. It makes a huge difference. Absolutely, it does, and I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I've done. I've been. I've been slapped in the face with a brick a few times already, because I've done <laughs> something stupid that I shouldn't have did, or maybe I. Maybe my, you know, they. There's something in my intent that isn't where it's supposed to be. Right. Um. I mean, the biggest thing is, and I remember talking, and I mean, talked with you about this a lot, Wordy, um, last summer was, you know, especially when I when I started working with Astaroth, and I got cocky, I got Mm -hmm. really, really cocky because it kept going back to that to to that one thing and that message that Sekhmet said had said to me. You bow before no one. Yeah, you don't bow before anyone, right? But I didn't take the time to realize that don't act like a cocky dick with a with a deity because they're <laughs> going to kick your ass. Mm-hmm. And I they did will. do that. I did do that. I got cocky. I got, I, I was stubborn. And I did. I got kicked in the nuts and I got kicked in the nuts hard. I, I went remember. through... I went through another two month spiral of like being in a depression and I was like, how in the fuck did I get here? And, you know, it was after a couple of months of going through all of that. And then when I finally started coming out the other side, it was like, oh yeah, okay. I get the message now. Yep. Because, you know, and I think people, sometimes people don't realize too, is that the God's, 
deities, spirits, they don't do things for you. They help you do things for yourself. So you still have a certain amount of free will. So if you're not going to accept their help and do what they suggest, or at the very least, do what you know you should be doing, right? They're going to throw a brick at your face. Mm-hmm. And I've had my fair share of bricks in my face. And I have warned other people, including yourself, you know, if you're going to do this, you really need to commit because they will knock you on your ass if you don't commit, if you don't really do. And, you know, it's not like people, it's not like they ask you to go out and get chickens and sacrifice chickens every day. It's not that kind of thing, you know. They just need to know that you're willing to put in the work. If you just light some incense every day, just spend 15 minutes at your altar, you know, thank you for being here, you know, light your incense. That's sometimes that's all they want. They, you know, that that's it. But then some people, like you said, they kind of get a little cocky and then they don't understand why things aren't going the way that they need to go. And I kind of really went off track and I really apologize for that. (laughs) Oh, that's But it's true. I mean, you know, a lot of people do think that. And I've spoken with a few people and it's like, you know, they're like, well, do I have to do this? I'm like, no, you don't have to do anything. You can, you know, they, they would like for you to either say yes or no. If you say no, they will leave you alone. But be careful if you say yes. And I think, you know, we've talked about this. Part of the issue with you is you you agreed to it, but then you got cocky and you're like, well, I'm just going to do whatever I fuck I want to do. And it doesn't work like that. <laughs> what? <laughs> They're not your lap dogs. They're not going to just do whatever you want them to do. No, yeah. it's very true. Yeah. There is respect is critical. That is, that's when I've had the bricks, not just the bricks, the walls fall down on me Mm -hmm. is when I've have not been as respectful as I should have been. And some it's easy to, to kind of slip out of that on occasion. Um, But it absolutely approach it. I mean, we're human, right? So we have, we have faults and we, May not be, and and when I've been kicked in the head, it's because I wasn't in the right mindset to be working and doing a ritual at that time. I postponed rituals because I recognized you're not you're not really where you need to be to be working on this. That doesn't Mm -hmm. mean that I'm not going to do it again because I'm sure I will. Right. <laughs> and I'll be talking to you guys going, oh, the sect that just kicked my ass really badly. <laughs> right. But that's part of our learning process. And that's part of it. I think that's what I love the most about it is that I, I've seen some amazing things happen in my practice. And I still get blown away by it. Mm-hmm. Um, recently, um, I had asked for help for, from you all to help someone who was in bad health without going into a lot of detail. I don't want to, um, compromise their privacy, but was yeah. hospitalized. The outlook was not good. 
we all did what we did. And that person is now out of the hospital. And when I found out, I had tears in my eyes and was just so amazed by that. And those experiences that you have during ritual can be, they're mind blowing sometimes. Yes. Absolutely. Well, I've had that too. You know, we've had a family member that has been struggling with some things for months now, since August. And he looks like he's finally maybe on the mend and might actually come home. So, yeah, I, it's totally, I totally agree with you. So, Talking about all of this stuff and, you know, we obviously have been talking about the work that we've done together mm-hmm. and all of that stuff. So part of, you know, this whole discussion that w- that we've been kind of broaching um, and one thing that also comes up in some of the things that you see uh, posted once in a while online is talking about covens and how people become part of a coven. There are a lot of witches out there that are solitary, mm-hmm. um, that are eclectic. I'm one of those people. I'm very eclectic. Mm-hmm. I pick and choose what works for me. I don't follow a set guideline of rules, let, let's say. Um, absolutely, I, I, respect, I respect the traditions. I respect the meaning. I respect, you know, I, I pay whatever, I, I pay respect to whatever I do. You know, I'm right. not just walking into it, you know, with both six shooters pulled out of the holsters and going, okay, let's go, motherfuckers. What are we going to do today? Right. I don't approach <laughs> it that way. I, I I always approach it with, you know, I always approach what I do with respect. So when we start talking about covens, what I see is the same thing that happens when we are talking about how people refer to themselves or the gatekeepers or and stuff like that. Right. What is what what is your take on covens? I'll put that to each of you and and let you chew on that one. I'll start with you, Wordy. I think the thing with covens is it they can be good things and they can be bad things. They're, they're like, you know, every religion religious path has their own kind of um organization right right for paganism in general let's use that as a broad umbrella term covens are for especially for witchcraft it's just you know that's just our version of it um you can have really really big covens you can have you know the one i was in was was relatively small and they have their place and they have their merits. Um, the biggest issue I have with them is when people say you have to be in a coven or you have to be initiated into a coven in order to be a practicing witch or whatever. Mm-hmm. And this bothers me mainly because don't tell me what to fucking do. And second, it's, you know, I, I'm of the mindset that most people that came you know all the knowledge that we have is gathered from our ancestors in one way shape form or fashion right and they didn't always have 
the means that we have today. And they were mm-hmm. successful in whatever they did. It to mm-hmm. me kind of like saying you have to have certain colored candles to do certain rituals. You know, there was a time where people candles were very expensive and they used the same candle for the ritual as they used to light light up at night when they were eating dinner. Right. You know, they didn't have those things. And so to say that you have to do this is a little ridiculous. And it is gatekeeping. It's reminiscent of saying you have to go to seminary school to be a priest in order to understand God enough to be able to um, proselytize. And that's bullshit. You know? Um, And so to me, it's no different. Now, should you find, should you work to try to, I don't want to say find because that means you're going looking. I would say to if you're working to bring somebody in your life to help you learn about your path or about witchcraft or about whatever it is that you want to learn about that's very different and i think that's what's most important you know i agree with you i agree yeah but covens in general you know going back to the coven thing it can be good and it can be bad. You know, when I started my first coven, you know, our circle, we it was just the three of us and we had met on meetup and I had moved up here to PA from Tennessee. And they were the first two friends that I ever had up here. And while I had was, you know, involved in witchcraft and learning at the time, they really initiated me, not as right. in a coven. But they were friends teaching me things that I did not know, that Mm -hmm. I could not learn on my own. And we had created this, you know, we called it a coven, this little circle of friends, and it gradually grew. And this is where I have a problem with saying that people have to be a part of a coven. Because like any group, they can be toxic. And we ended up with a we had a lot of fun we had so much fun for a couple years and then we made the mistake of inviting someone in that never should have been in and she decided to basically take over the whole thing even though we did not have a liked it to where we were literally a coven of solitary eclectics which is kind of a little bit of an oxymoron but it's kind of like what we are what you know, me, you, and Wolfie and Cassie are, you know, we do our own yeah. thing, but when we need to do group work, we have that this group to do work with. Yeah. And she wanted this to be something, and she actually wanted to be ahead of everything that was taking place. She wanted to dictate everything. And slowly, I was one of the first ones to leave. It's like, I'm not going to deal with this. Don't tell me what I need to do in everyday stuff and slowly uh, later on I realized that the entire thing disintegrated around her right and you know nobody's nobody's even friends anymore which makes me really sad because we were all really close you know um and I think that's part of it you know when I'm not entirely sure how we 
became a coven. It was just one of those things where I considered you guys family because you helped me out so much last year when I was going through some issues. And, it, you know, it, it just it kind of naturally happened. But I remember asking you guys before I even before I even invited Cassie in. It's like, you know, she's my best friend. I would like for her to join, but it's up to you guys first because I'm not going to just invite anybody in. And I don't know if I would want to invite anybody else in after us either because of my experience before. Right. But, you know, and that's, you know, talking about, you know, you know, not even knowing how we came together as one, but that was the thing that I really like about our, our little coven that we have because when we came together, it was very organic. Right. You know, we just, we were, I remember we were all talking one day, we were all chatting and it was all of a sudden somebody made the comment, oh, I love our little coven and it just bang, it stuck. Right. And it just, it, it did. It just kind of, it just is what it is now. Yeah. But, you know, there are a lot of them that, you know, that's like Wolfie had said before, she, she, knows of one close to her and I'll let her tell that story but it's like any organization you get, start getting too many especially if you start getting too many people you start having power and politics inside the group and it doesn't matter you know you see this on schoolyards too you know you have these big groups of kids and all of a sudden there's always somebody that wants to take over the whole thing and covens are no different so saying that you have to be a part of a coven or initiated into it you know, you don't know what kind, I don't believe that you need that. That's, you know, I don't know who came up with that part. Maybe that's old, you know, leftover from having to go to church or like I said, the priesthood. I know even Buddhism has its own problem. They have a bunch of nuns, but there's no head of the nun of the, the sect of nuns because the old one died and nobody, the only one that can set another head nun is to have the head nun do that. And there's no head nun. And so, you know, it's just, it's, it's a mess. Yeah. So, you know, if you can find, and you know, those teachers that you find could be different at every stage. They, it's, they may only stay for a short time until you've learned what you need to learn from them. And then you move on to, you know, you may not even realize it, but then someone else will come into your life and teach you something new. Right. So Wolfie, uh, your, uh, your experience and take on the whole coven thing. I too believe that covens can be that double-edged sword of good and bad. Um, what I'm about to say next will probably piss some people off. So good. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> sorry, I self-initiated into being a witch i performed a, a ritual to self-initiate and and take on that that claim of being a witch because it felt appropriate and true for me because like you count i'm an eclectic solitary and had been one for years mm -hmm. there is a local coven that i thought you know, I, I think I'm going to check this out. It would be interesting to learn from other people, have people to practice with, um, you know, kind of that socialization. And when I initially met the person who runs the coven, I, I had a strange intuition. Um, I have met 
this person a few times. She refers to herself as the high priestess. So it's very hierarchy based coven. There is an enormous set of rules, including you have to go through the, the school and graduate from that school in order to become a coven member. Right. You can't just come in as a witch with 20 plus years of experience. That's not allowed. And it's a, a, a more uh, narrow pathway. But what I, I think those feelings that my intuition was giving to me was this was, this was a power trip. I'm going to tell you what to do. I had this coven. You have to pay all this money, go through this training. You will be trained my way, and then you'll be evaluated to come into the coven. And it, there's just such a sense of toxicity that I got from her, and I wasn't able to, to call it that until... I decided, no, this is not for me. And then as Wordy was talking about, I think I was incredibly lucky because I don't know for sure. I'm speculating. I believe that coven is a toxic coven. Mm-hmm. I, and I will back that up a little bit by saying um, there were three friends. Uh, I had two friends, so there was the three of us. We were all witches. And one of them was just beginning to explore. And she decided to go that coven route. And then we got cut out of her life. Mm. She completely cut us out because we did not fit with that definition of a witch is for that particular coven. That is sad. So uh, it is very, very sad. And I'm not slamming all covens. I know there are covens out there that work very, very well. I just personally haven't found it. Um, I think if people find a coven and it works for them, that's, that's an amazing experience for them. Um, But for me, I, I love how we've just grown organically. We probably couldn't be more different. Um, I would lay money on the fact that the Count and I work with Sekhmet in very different ways because mm-hmm. we're very individualized. Mm-hmm. But right. we all, I learn from all of us, Cassie included, I, I learn from all of you different things. I take that back. I incorporate that learning. And none of us are power hungry. You know, We would, uh, we want to be crowned the all-knowing whatever which i you know and we you said it earlier count if you tell me what to do that i have to do this and i have to do that i'm going the opposite direction that doesn't that doesn't fit who i am so exactly i have a respect for coven i do not believe you have to be in one to be a witch and i also strongly believe you can self-initiate and i know there's a lot of gatekeeping around that where only a a priestess can initiate you as a witch. I personally don't agree with that. It's interesting you bring up the point about, uh, um, you know, about if somebody 
tells you you have to do something, your first reaction is going to be, well, go fuck yourself. I'm going to do it my way. And it's interesting that you bring it up that I, that I always say that because in my profession, <laughs> in my personal professional life, I'm an occupational health and safety practitioner. <laughs> and my job is to follow legislation and follow the rules to the fucking letter and tell people you have to do it this way or else. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's interesting how even within ourselves, we kind of lead, lead a little bit of a, we, ha we have these separate lives, so to speak. Right. But, but, you know, going back to the whole thing uh, about, you know, toxicity and covens and that, the one thing that I don't agree with, and again, I know that this is going to piss some people off, but it is what it is. This is, you know, it's my own feeling and my own opinion. And, and I'm not saying this to disrespect anybody, but I have a huge problem with somebody having to pay a fucking fee, mm -hmm. a membership mm -hmm. fee. Listen, to me, witchcraft is nature based. Should yes. we be charging for nature? Hello? Right. Like, that's like telling me. You know, or not, not telling me, that's like me telling both you, well, yeah, you guys, uh, I'm, I'm going to invite you out to up to Canada this summer and we're going to go out camping and, uh, you know, I've, I've got, uh, I've got places for you guys to sleep and we're going to this campground. Oh, by the way, here's your bill. Right. <laughs> like, it's true. the fuck? Yeah. Yeah, I have a real problem with money being exchanged because as soon as money is involved, I'm sorry, but you're now an organization. You are right. not what you claim to be. Right. And I've right. had enough experience. I've worked in, I, I, I've spent my life and my career working in for-profit companies. I've spent my, uh, a, pretty much my entire adult life up to this point being involved in nonprofit organizations and being involved them in involved in them in a high level volunteer capacity and you exchange money or if you got to pay for something you're an organization that's right. it mhm mm and unfortunately i hate to say it but it's true Money fucking rules the world. It's true. Because as soon as money get, it changes hands into somebody else's, that just reinforces that attitude that you're going to do what I tell you to do. Right. Because I paid for, or yeah. Because exactly. you, you had to pay me, you're paying me for this knowledge. To me, right. that's not right. Like I said, this is the practice of witchcraft is nature. It's nature based. For all intents purposes, for all the research that I have done on it personally, it's nature-based. So why the fuck are we charging money for something that people have access to every day? As soon as you wake up in the morning to when you go to bed at night. Right. Mm-hmm. It's true. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've and always been of the, the mind that, you know, if you know a thing, you should be... And, and I'm not saying that people shouldn't have people pay for their services. You know, when I, at some point I'm going to start having my writing classes again and people are going to pay me for that. But, you know, as far as witchcraft, I really do think that 
it should be to an extent there should be some kind of free knowledge and you shouldn't have to pay to play exactly and that's basically what some of these things are saying it's like oh well you have to especially like you said if you had to pay for things you know you shouldn't have to pay to play and i'm not saying that you shouldn't contribute in some way right in my right. original seven that i spoke about before when it was just the three of us and even when we grew to have quite a few more people, we probably had about 10 people at one point before it finally dissolved. We all contributed. We didn't ask for money unless we were buying something for somebody and we wanted to pull our money, right? right. But we had mm -hmm. a box. We had a really big wooden box and we contributed to that box. It was called the box. And we contributed various items for our you know, circle rituals in that box. And maybe some, somebody would bring an incense and somebody would bring in an athame and somebody else may bring in bowls for the elements or whatever. Some, everybody contributed something to it. So it's not like, you know, only one person's doing all the work. So I'm not saying don't contribute. I'm saying that you shouldn't have to pay to play. And if yeah. you are getting so, if your organization, if your coven is getting so big that you have to put up um, roadblocks to see if people are really serious by having them take classes and pay money, then maybe your coven doesn't need to grow anymore. At some point, maybe you need to say, we have enough members, let's keep it at this and mm -hmm. let it go with that. There's no reason... You know, the idea that everything constantly has to grow like that is a capitalist view. We don't need to do that. You know, yeah. if there's the four of us here, you know, Cassie, you know, is not here right now. But there's the four of us. And, I, you know, I think that's a good, a good number for us. I don't think we need to add anybody else to our little, our little group. Right. And that's not to say that we can't work with other people either. But if someone asks me to help them figure something out, then I'm totally going to help them. I'm not going to ask them for money for it. Mm -hmm. And if we come, if I come to the group and say, you know, I'm having this problem. Can you guys help out? And you guys say, you know what? I really can't. I'm not going to be offended either. You know, there's no obligation, I think, either. We help out because we want to help out. And I think that's, like you, you were saying is like you all of a sudden you become an organization when you start having these requirements and everything. And again, you know, you want to have people with the same ideals for sure. Right. You yeah. don't want to have, you know, everybody that that's, you know, practicing Wicca and they're happy with that. And then all of a sudden you have somebody else that's want, that's a Satanist come in and maybe their ideals potentially could be very very different than the other Wiccans in the group well maybe that's mm -hmm. not a good fit it's not that they're wrong there's maybe just just not a good fit and it's not right. right for us to tell or somebody to tell that person you have to do it our way it's more like you know what maybe you're just not a good fit maybe we can help you find somebody that is a good fit and you know find a place where you can you can you know do your thing Right. It's not shutting the door and saying, but feel free to come and ask me any questions you have. That's the well, way I see it. <clears throat> you know, and, and 
going to that point, and I'm glad you brought it up about, uh, you know, people that do charge for their services. And, I, and honestly, people that charge for their services, I don't have a problem with that. Right. Um, because most, of, most people that charge for services are charging for something that's very specific, right? right? Um, yes. it, it's a specific request that's being put to them and they're putting the time and work into it. And honestly, I don't mind paying somebody to do things right. like that. You know, well, like Kathy is a, but, you know, that's what she does. She's a card reader. She's a professional card reader. So she charges for her services. Yeah. But I mean, uh, if I'm going to get, you know, if I get in, go, if I'm going to get in touch with somebody and they say, yeah, sure. Come on down. Well, we're, we're happy to talk to you. And then all of a sudden it's a membership form gets pulled out and mm-hmm. you have to stroke them a check or leave a deposit. Yeah. I, you're probably going to get my middle finger before anything else. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like I say, it 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 just I don't know it 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 it, for me personally, it's just it's something that gets under my skin, and I'm not a real fan of charging for that stuff. Right, I'm not either. You know, um, so in actually let's uh let's put a pin in in the conversation here and we can talk more about uh uh about covens in in the next segment so we'll take another quick break um and we will ask wolfie to give us a witchy tune to play for this break for everyone Ooh, a witchy tune uh now you're putting me on the spot because <laughs> i <laughs> I still had this image in my head of Isis kicking somebody's butt from what Wordy <laughs> said before. And the song I was going to go with was For Whom the Bell Tolls by Metallica. That works. <laughs> it fits. I think it does fit. I just turned that into a witchy song. I'm not sure how successful that was, but <laughs> I, 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 you know, I'm stretching the boundaries here, but let's let's go with that one. Sounds good. All right. So we'll take a f- quick uh, quick break here. Um, everybody can have a chance to uh, do what they need to do, and we will come back at you soon. So we are splitting off with For Whom the Bell Tolls by Metallica.
Hey everybody, it's Count Draven here. I'd like to thank you all for tuning in to part one of episode three, The Witchy Roundtable, with my guests Wordy Ghost and Wolf Witch Grave. Stay tuned this week as part two of this episode will be out on Friday, so you can catch the rest of our conversations. And uh, I hope you enjoyed the, everything you heard here today. Um, if you do have any comments or questions, you can reach out to me on Twitter. Um, my handle is Count Draven or at Count XL Guy. Um, so in the meantime, until we see you again on Friday, keep Keep respect, keep peace, and keep the shiny side up, y'all. Bye for now.